Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Alien Familiar RPG Podcast. I am Clayton. I'm Kyle Perkins. I'm Jordan. And before we get started, you can find show notes and more at alienfamiliar.com. You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash alienfamiliarmedia. And if you would like to help us out with uh, hosting costs, you can do so at patreon.com slash alienfamiliarmedia. Um, any help you would be able to give us would be greatly appreciated. Uh, today, uh, since last episode, I talked about the end. Today, we are talking about the very beginning of the campaign, Session Zero. Um, what is it for? What does it accomplish? And why do we have it? First off, I think we should define what exactly a Session Zero is, um, because in talking about this a little bit, there was a little bit of, uh, I don't know if disagreement mode would be the quite the word, but there was some... Um, there wasn't a consistent definition of rule of session zero between the three of us. It was so, sort of a, a heated friendship ending battle. Yeah. How I'd de- define it actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry that I'm, I'm never going to speak to you ever again after yeah. this episode. Ironic that our last podcast episode together ever is called session zero. By the way, this is not an actual play. I guess if you're a new listener tuning in and you saw something called session zero, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is a heuristics advice driven podcast. Not an actual play. That's a different channel, right, Clayton? It is a different ah. channel that has not been active in like three years. Fuck. <laughs> What's a heuristic? We're defining session zero, not not heuristics. <laughs> <laughs> so a session zero is generally before you actually be, sit down with your characters and start rolling dice. This is where the group gets together and goes over one the game master is going to go over what game they're going to be running like what the setting is what the rules for the for the game are going to be like if you're the gm would say whether or not they're playing fifth edition D or whether we're playing starfinder or whether we're playing traveler that would be information that um the game master would give in the session zero and also a little bit of background information about the setting the information that is necessary for the characters to know what they're how to make the types of characters that would fit well into the setting. And you also have um, a major component of it being character creation. Um, usually, at least in my experience, um, session zero has ended with character creation. There's usually not, um, you usually don't start playing that night unless you've got a lot of time because in most game systems, character creation tends to take a while. Uh, the halcyon days of being able to spend eight to ten hours on an entire Saturday doing something like that. <sighs> what are you staring at? <laughs> <laughs> Off into my past, into my youth, into my childhood, when I didn't have you know decaying teeth and beer gut and tar-stained fingers. I, I don't know. I have none of that. I have one of those things, actually. You can guess which one. Continue, Clayton. Has everyone here used a Session Zero before? Yes. Yeah, we've used one together. Well, they don't know when that. Was, well, they do now. <laughs> um, when did you guys first start using Session Zeros? Because this is something that's relatively new in my role-playing experience. Most of most of my time gaming, that wasn't really a thing. The DM would like tell you what they're going to do, and then... like the first session would be like character creation and then jump into, you know, some quick adventure just to like work out how your character's mechanics work and all that kind of stuff. But 
this is something that I've only really started hearing about people using in the last, I don't know, five or 10 years at most. I've been doing something similar to this for maybe 10 years now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I did anything. Yeah, it's probably been about 10 years. Um, I started hearing about it on podcast on gaming podcasts that I listened to, and that's where I heard of the concept, and that's where I started using it. For most settings, or for most games that I would run, um, I would like to be able to run a session zero, but sometimes it's not conducive for the players that are going to be in that group. That like I, I feel like there are some groups of players who just they wouldn't get out of a session zero much benefit, mostly because this um, the type of game that I would be running, especially for players that are like I've never really played with, I don't know them very well. Um, I would be hesitant to do an entire session as session zero. I feel like this is something for more of an, an established group who wants to do something that is new, like some sort of new game that isn't, that's a new rule system and also like playing around somewhat with, um, uh, the t- like the types of characters that they're playing, it is it's something that's outside of the the comfort zone of the group. It's it's like when you're spicing things up in the bedroom. You've been boning down with somebody for like a year now. You've been doing the normal stuff. You want to get a little weird. You want to talk about that first. You don't just want to launch into the weird stuff. You got to have a session zero where you sit down and you're like, okay, we got this thing, we got that thing, we got some pineapple chunks. I, I don't know. I've never done anything weird in the bedroom. Um, yeah, you, you, you agree you, on the safe words. Exactly. Um, jar Jar. Always mine. Um, you, you really, though, I, I think that's um, around the time I started doing anything like that was after I had been with a consistent group for a few years, a couple of years at least, and we wanted to try something new, different. We wanted to either try a new system, try a new fuck new power dynamic um but but for really a new power dynamic a new group dynamic a new something anything you know um and and it requires some discussion so people are prepared when they make their character and launch into the game personally i like using them um what do you guys how do you guys feel about them i have mixed feelings about them <laughs> so not just pineapple chunks you're like mixed fruit yeah okay i need the whole fruit bowl all right there's definitely some utility in, from a player perspective, knowing what the setting's like before you make a character for it. You want to know what's going what's gonna to jive with the story. You don't want to make a, a druid if it's going to be like a high politics city game or something like that, you know. And then from a DM perspective, you know, it's good for all your, all your players to have an idea of what's going to go on. But I don't know. Um... It depends on how much it's covered. You know, I think it you could very easily overdo it and have, you know, a pretty rigid framework in mind when you're going into the thing. And then when you actually start playing the game, it turn into something totally different. Like, part of the awesome thing, one of the awesome things about, you know, role-playing games is that you can do whatever you can imagine. And so, yeah, that's one of the things that a, a DM always has to try to manage is you know what the players want to do versus what they had planned we've talked about that quite a bit but i don't know it seems like you could really easily tell the story before you're telling the story and that seems wrong to me 
I don't understand why you think that having the session zero would be telling the story before the game. Well, um, so let's say that the group is complete strangers to each other and they are to meet each other over the course of the adventure and the first session or whatever. It's interesting to learn who someone is in a role-playing game in real time as you play. But if you were all sitting around when everybody was making their characters and, you know, you know everything that somebody can do, there's not any mystery to it. Everybody knows what everybody else's numbers are, what their powers, what their spells are, blah, blah, blah. But do you really? Like, you, like whenever we made our characters for... Um for Kyle's game, hmm. we, we all did that together, right? We, we drew, we each drew the, our class out of the hat and then we made our characters there. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? That's been a long time. It's been um, like a year. But and I'm pretty sure months. we, I, I, we were all sitting around my back patio. It was a nice summer, fall, nice day, late summer, late summer. And we, yeah, September. Pulled, we, we, we knew we wanted to do a game where us as players didn't play the same classes we tend to gravitate towards and that was a new thing for us so we talked about that we got a hat put classes in the hat um drew them and i'm pretty sure we sat around there and made characters outside that same session and we did not play i think you're correct boy that that took some ringing of the old (laughs) mental (laughs) gourd so that would have been a session zero that yeah. we did. And we all knew what classes everybody was taking, but like everybody was talking. I don't, I couldn't remember who was taking what particular, like I couldn't remember what, um, um, what Nina's characters, what their specialty was going to be, what, which of the, um, either ranger or bard, um, specializations they took. I remember that. Kyle and Nina R discussed a bit of their characters. They wanted to be siblings, and they discussed that that day mm-hmm. at session zero. So I guess in some ways we all knew they were siblings. We knew that um, Nina S and Haley talked about a couple of things. I'm pretty sure I remember that happening. So I feel like one of the main benefits of the session zero is. If it's not a game where your characters are all strangers at the very beginning, it's a great way to establish what your characters have done together beforehand. Personally, I am growing sick and tired of you all meet in a tavern, you don't know each other, let's sit for 10 awkward minutes while everybody stumbles through an introduction of their character. Mm-hmm. I want I want to have a game that I have a a connect a pre-established connection with the other players at or the other characters at the table. Um, I know whether or not my character has another friend in the group, and whether or not we've already shared like some adventure or we shared some life experience beforehand. And I feel like if you don't do a session zero, it's incumbent on the players to reach out to each other through their own means in order to establish something like that. And most of the time, people aren't going to think, even think of doing that. Whereas if we're all sitting around the table making our characters together, it can organically come out that you're like, hey, I heard this thing that you said to your character 
like that's a part of your character's backstory. I want to weave that into my character's backstory too. Can we, mm-hmm. can we work together on making our characters together in, in some way? Yeah. If that's the kind of background you want to have, then that's correct. Or fuck off. I'm playing Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's tossed into a fantasy world. And there was only one Dave Thomas, Clayton. And have a co-founder. I think that I am going to jump onto Jordan's side here for a minute. Mystery, um, ruining, like, you know, learning things about players in a session zero, um, as opposed to during a role play session, during session one, I guess. It is a little bit of a bummer. You know, like if I'm talking to the GM and I say, something about my backstory and the GM goes, yeah, that sounds cool. You can do that. And then some chuckle fuck hears what I've done. My secret plans to be Dave Thomas with the square patties. It's more beef Clayton. Um, then theoretically that would be kind of annoying. I'd rather than learn about my square patties during the game. Do we want to talk about that? Cause I have another thing uh, I could say on the side of session zero being a ruiner. Um, I want to say that, you're talking about like character secrets and the, the fear that character secrets are going to come out. And if a session zero takes place and you're kind of all collaboratively making your characters together and somebody says something that, Oh, they, they want this thing to happen. That's a secret on, on um, the heaviest end. Yes. Um, but it could also simply be not a secret, but something I'd rather have come out organically in a role play session mm-hmm. versus in session zero. But, but yeah, that, that's the idea. So, How many times have you guys made characters where there was something about your character that either it was a secret or it was just something that had happened in the past, in your character's past, and it was an important part of your character's past, and it just never came up organically? (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. It's true all too often it doesn't come up. Pretty often. There's lots of reasons for that, but I would like to have the option of bringing it up. Well... With with a session zero, you're not writing the full entirety of your character's backstory. At, at least my the way I've done it, I've never done that. I've if I've if I wanted to have more backstory, that's something that I do between session zero and session one, or however long it takes me to do the actual backstory, and I fill in the details. I I use session zeros more as just the high points of the character, like high points of like things that are going on for the character. I'm not writing down all of my characters, um, all of my characters' motivations and the, the nuance of my character's outlook on the world. Those are going to be developed later once I have more time to sit and think about it. And those are the types of things that are going to come out organically. Mm. Like in a session zero, I would be like, you know what? I'm I'm playing a paladin. I've kind of played the paladin thing a lot of times. Um, I'm getting really sick of playing the paladin who is the asshole paladin. I'm going to play the father figure paladin. That's what I did, and all of the care, all of the players around the table, knowing kind of like that high concept of what my character is, kind of gives them a a way to interpret kind of how my character is the first couple of sessions so that I don't have that misunderstanding of if I say something, they think they're just thinking that it, my paladin is like every other paladin that has come down the way. 
Like that, they that see would certainly color their interaction with you. You know, the rogue might actually come up to you and have known you for years and think you to be a very warm, caring person instead of fuck off, lawman. <laughs> Wait, are you saying Ritter wasn't an asshole? No, I'm saying he was a father figure type <laughs> paladin. Hey, dads can be dicks, you know. Yeah. I, I I guess really it's 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 just a a trap to not fall into. Obviously, if you want to keep some things under your hat, keep them under your hat. Go into the other room with the GM. Really, it it kind of is shaping now in my brain that it depends a lot on the type of game you're playing. If a session zero would be something that quote ruins the mystery or not in a, in an environment where your characters are supposed to have known each other for insert long amount of time here i do think a session zero is almost necessary it actually not even almost it's necessary um you're, you're not going to shape social interactions with the father figure paladin because you don't know he's that without a session zero um i, I, have, a, I have a side thought you guys go ahead I don't want to come off as being completely anti-Session Zero. That's not the point that I'm making. What I'm saying is that depending on how you handle it, it could be cool. You could have a lot of cool preparation for your you know, group background or whatever, but you could also overdo it. I could e easily see it becoming a thing that constrains a game more than it does just define a game. And the difference between those two things are, you know, a hair's breadth apart. But, you know, if uh, if I was going to go into a role-playing game, like a fairly long-running campaign, and I knew ahead of time that it was all completely, like, boxed in to this particular, you know, set of constraints, I don't know that I would play it. I, I think I'd, I would probably pass on that. The, the idea that, you know, there's more or less unlimited possibility, depending on what decisions I make and what everybody else makes is part of the draw for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's another trap that can uh, catch you and what I was going to kind of jump into as well. Um, just be aware that if you have a session zero and you're starting to feel like you've boxed yourself into a role that you shared with the group and the whole group is like, that's pretty great. We love that character idea. And you're not having fun with it by the time it's session six you're like, man, this this character's a real drag. Um, just because in session zero you've planned something, um, and you've all even agreed on that something, um, I would not want to play in a group that would force that something to continue. And I think that's unreasonable in general. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, as a GM or as a player, um, nuke a little bit of session zero if it's not working. Is that fair? Yeah. Sometimes the game is not going to be something that requires a session zero. Like if I said, um, I'm going to run a Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition game, uh, in two weeks, I, I just want you all to make characters and come at the session, um, at the beginning of the session. There's no more information that you need than there's no reason for having a session zero. If on the other hand, I come to you guys all and say, um, I have created this um, this this Dungeons and Dragons setting that is all about political intrigue and the um, the the class struggle between these uh, these these different groups and these different races and how they um, they are all uh, 
coming to head coming to a head against each other in this major metropolis i'm going to need a session zero in order to to talk about all of the different parties that your characters would be aware of and to answer your questions because you're going to have questions that i'm not going to think of to answer mm. in some sort of a prep document that i would create on my own and even in the example of um D and D five E in two weeks come with characters um, in the group chat or in the emails. People might start sending over like, "Hey, I'm making a bard. Anybody else doing that?" And I think that very basic amount of information you, you don't need to have an in person meeting just to make sure that no one rolls a bard when there's already four other bards. Um, Unless you're playing a bar a game where everybody is a bard and you're playing a rock band that goes that travels the kingdom ah but see now that would be a different spicy thing we'd have to talk about that we'd have to have a session zero to set up the band what's the genre of music what's our record label we can't have all bassists clayton (laughs) those that kind of information exchange um emailing just to make sure you don't roll a wizard when someone already is going to be a wizard i i think that that is also kind of in the session zero uh (laughs) oeuvre if you will um but uh Ooh la la <laughs> what's an oeuvre <laughs> well when a mommy chicken and a daddy chicken love each other very much um so um it, it, and i've thrown myself off with my stupid ass word um we have all then touched on Different types of games require different degrees of seriousness of a session zero from, um, hey, you know, what, what classes are you rolling? Oh, okay, you're going to be a barbarian. Cool, I'll try fighter this time. And that's it. Ranging all the way up to your political intrigue, lots of factions, yada, yada, yada. We need a lot of things to be figured out here and a lot of information to be shared kind of session. What sorts of games will not basically require or benefit from a session zero what sort will um i'd like to kind of go into that a little bit and do some kind of examples um a a simple combat heavy dungeon crawler in dungeons and dragons fifth edition does not yeah what are some others a one shot seems you know ridiculous yeah 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 Yeah, definitely a long campaign is what session zeros are for not I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily like years and years. Like if you're going to be playing for several months, you might want to think about doing a session zero to kind of um, make sure everybody is on the same page for what you're going to be doing for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say another game that wouldn't necessarily have to have a session zero would be a setting that everybody at the in the group is familiar with. And the game master just has to give out a few keywords and say, OK, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like like for us. Okay, we're doing Star Trek um, post Wolf three five nine. Everybody here knows <laughs> on, on exactly board. what we need to know. Yeah, I think if if you got pre generated characters, you probably don't need a session zero. Um, yeah, you can probably handle that in character notes. It seems like a lot of the questions that would come up would probably be character creation related. Am I allowed to do X? Is it okay for this group to have a person like me? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> Geist, a very complex system where you have, well, the system isn't, but the 
it's a it's, it's a complex system. Um, you have to make your character, you have to make your geist, you have to have relationships between them. There could be a lot of questions of the DM. Um, we did a very nice session zero for a geist campaign that unfortunately we never got to play. <laughs> it never happened uh, a while back. And that's one of the pitfalls pitfalls of the session zero is that if you get together and you you do all of the character creation and stuff, I've had so many campaigns that die within like one or two sessions of starting. And if your first session is a session zero and the game ends there, I mean, mm-hmm. you've made characters and you've literally not been able to play it. That's the other thing I really don't like about session zero is that you bother to come out of your house and go to some place. <laughs> Put and, on pants. Yeah, such a pain in the ass putting on pants. And then you'd sit down and have, you know, however many hours talking about this game. And it's the end of the night and you go home and you never actually played the fucking game. Mm-hmm. That is the worst. If I don't get at least like a get your feet wet combat I feel ripped off on a session zero. Come out of there with blue balls, do you? Yeah. Huh. No, I agree. I completely yep. agree. It sucks, man. Like, Absolutely. And everyone, you know, it's it's like it's like ten thirty p.m. and everyone's like, "Oh, I could I could do another half hour. I could do another hour, maybe." And you're like, "Should we play? Should we jump in?" And the DM's like, "No, not ready." Oh, that sucks. That does suck. The reason why it sucks is because you're all getting together to play, and you're never actually playing. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a little bit different if you um, are getting together with a group of, uh, like, strangers or, or, like, flimsy acquaintances. Um, having that kind of get-to-know-each-other socially, um, in addition to making characters and having the DM talk a little bit about the game, that can be fun. That can be mm-hmm. interesting. But, you know, like, your best friends, people you really care about deeply and would do anything more, I want to fucking hang out with you people and <laughs> make some characters. Blah. And there's some people who just absolutely hate making characters and uh to dedicate an entire session just to doing that it's not their idea of fun Mm -hmm. cool that things like traveler exist where that session zero of character creation is actually something where you get to roll dice and play the game that's neat Mm -hmm. or um uh was it called dawn of worlds was that the name of the system you used? yes okay yeah that was awesome too that was a lot of fun uh, you've probably heard this before if you're a regular listener, but if you're not, Dawn of Worlds is something where you roll dice and use a map to create the actual world in which your campaign will take place by going around the table in turns. And in Traveler, you actually have to succeed at creating your character and you can die. <laughs> so check that out if you haven't already. I'll tell you one thing I like about Session Zero is, and I like this I like getting this bit of information even at the end of every session as I'm running a thing is getting an idea of, you know, when, when you sit down to play, what direction is everybody going to want to run in? What do you want to do? And if you know that for your first session, for your next session, on and on and on, you can work out some kind of way to please, you know, most people, if not all people. Yeah, as a game as a game master, it's a gold mine for getting what your story is going to be, what your what your adventure and what your hooks are going to be, because you're already going to hear, hopefully, players talking enthusiastically about their characters and what motivates their characters, and so you just have to add that to your game. And if they're cool enough to give you a pile of NPCs to work with from their backstory, that's a lot of work you don't have to do. Mm-hmm. Are there any um? 
any genres of setting or story that would particularly benefit from or not need a session zero? If you've got players who aren't familiar with the material, um, I think having a session zero is very, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like how sometimes we're able to like have a movie night and we, we watch something that is, is either in the setting or thematically appropriate for the game that we're going to be playing. Um, a session zero allows everybody to get on the same page and some settings require that more than others. Um, like, I mean, not everyone who is around the table is going to have the same interests and the same backgrounds to know if I wanted to run a spaghetti Western style game, what the hell that even means. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is actually something I, I really like that you've done over the years is get us together for a movie night. If those movies will help us to play the game, um, the Knights black agents um, setting, which is a more realistic kind of like spy slash heist game don't think James Bond, think more like Ronan. Um, getting together and watching some movies in that genre was awesome. Helped a lot. It really helped set that vibe, especially when a lot of people jumped to, oh, like James Bond, as soon as you said spy game. But mm-hmm. actually, no, not like James Bond at all. Yeah, and I would consider that our session zero for that game. Mm. I recall character creation in that being pretty quick. Did we play the same day we made yes. characters? That was cool. I appreciate a good quick character creation system. I think if it's a weird setting, if it's like a homebrew thing or if it's like a blended genre kind of thing, something like that that is not like doesn't have an immediate analog to point to, you know, let's say you got something that's like kind of fantasy, but it's also you know kind of cyberpunky, kind of this and kind of that, whatever. I would never run something um, like that. Yeah, it'd be a clusterfuck. <laughs> Nothing would make any sense. Um, it would need a lot of... Uh, a lot of explanation go into it, especially if there's like races nobody's ever heard of, mm-hmm. you know, hold strange cultural organizations and things like you need to tell people what they should know. Um, any setting that has wildly different technology than what we're familiar with, like doing like most far future, I would say you would need to have, have a lot of information available to the players and the session zero would be the best way to convey that. Mm-hmm. Um, just setting the boundaries of what is the sci-fi of this setting and what is the what are the things that your your character is actually going to like you as a player are going to recognize as being in this setting uh, somebody even in the 21st century anything set pre-industrial revolution you might want to have a meetup to talk about that there's Especially, a lot of yeah. things that you might take for granted that would not exist in that universe um, in our group, uh, if we if we played a game that had um, was set the equivalent technologically of before the like Roman before the classical era before Rome before uh, Athens and, and all the Greek states like running like a dawn of history type game most people in our group don't know what the hell that even entails you would have to you would have to educate them on what the what society is actually like mm-hmm. that'd be pretty fun i'd like to do something like that some early bronze age yeah i'm game. serious yep it'd be wild even something like you know you're playing a primitive type uh society on a planet 
um, that has a bunch of fucking, you know, hapless colonists with a shitty broken colony ship showing up, like the other side of the retreat coin, if you will. That'd be interesting. So one of the potential benefits of doing a session zero is after the characters are created, if you have time and you're, you want to get some play in, you can actually start doing prologues for your characters. Um, I've done this in particularly Vampire the Masquerade games. The like after we've made character creation, our characters start as mortals, and so we go on basically a mini. Like I sit down with the game master and do like a basically a mini adventure of me becoming a kindred. That's always been a lot of fun. Uh, the couple of times that I've done it, it it takes extra time to to go to each player and do that one on one, but. Um, that's session zero territory that I've done and had a lot of fun doing. Jordan and I were in a vampire game briefly that did that, and I really liked it. It was a good way of, of handling that very important part of a vampire's backstory. This has got to be a personality thing, because I can't stand it. I, I And I think I'm probably not alone, but I'm, I doubt I'm in the majority here by any stretch, but... Just being like completely on the spot and one-on-one role-playing is fucking weird to me. It's just uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind doing solo stuff if it's an aside when the rest of the group is also doing stuff or whatever. But mm. like when it's just that that one little slice completely detached from everybody else before we even meet each other. It's just strange. I I don't know. It it is hard because your character is brand new. You don't know your character yet. And in some situations, you might not know the GM very well. Mm -hmm. That that was a little odd. Um, I've I've had situations where I'm, you know, either, (laughs) shit, the first person to show up to a session of strangers, and it's like me at the GM's house, and I'm just like, hey, Mm -hmm. I like your cat. (laughs) Like, that that, that (laughs) could be a little awkward. I think having it as an aside would be a, it's a very good way to combat any of that awkwardness um, or even doing it via discord or email. I'm saying even um, as an aside, I think it's fucking weird. Like I, I thought you said you were okay with it being. An aside. No, no, no. I mean like once there's an established game, if like, you know, I run off and talk to somebody, whatever, while other people are off doing their own things, like as just, you know, one of those little five, 10 minute, um, one-on-ones that happen through the course of a regular campaign, that's one thing. But when it's like the intro stuff before you know anybody, before you know your character, before you really even know the DM probably, it's weird. And I, I think I think the reason why it's weird to me is because you're you're not really anyone except who you are in relation to other people. And so when you've just got this like shiny new sheet in front of you, The ink's not even dry yet, and you're supposed to, like, make decisions and, you know, figure out your voice and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just completely disorienting, you know? Mm -hmm. So what would you think of a, um, we'll stick with a vampire game, where you have a session or two where you're all playing, and then on session three, um, you're all together, and you're hanging out, and you kind of start the game, and your your group has some downtime, and the GM's like, hey, I'm going to take five minutes maybe 10 minutes with each of you in the other room while I'm taking Jordan over here. You guys just hang out in character, do what you want to do, have some pizza, whatever. Um, and you have like a, 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 a flashback almost to that. Would that be less awkward for you? I think that's 
pointless. I think it's it's ridiculous because it's it's a foregone conclusion that you're going to survive whatever happens, you know, and like there's nothing that you're going to do that's really going to change anything that's already happened in the game. You're not going to come out of it and, you know, retcon stuff from the last three sessions or whatever. I think I'd rather handle shit like that as just like, here's my backstory. And, and I don't think that like the decision-making mechanics of dice and stuff like that are really meant for that particular slice of the narrative anyway, because if you want to have a cool story, you don't want it to rely on a dice roll to see if you succeed at the cool thing. You just want to have this is what happened in the story that I wrote. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's either accepted or not. But, like, if you're trying to do a cool thing and make a cool backstory, oh, I botched. Okay. It sucks. My backstory's lame. What do you get out of that? I don't know, man. Having in a vampire game specifically, um, knowing what you were like as a human and then knowing what your traumatic or not turning experience, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, in embrace. The, embrace. Yeah. With what the embrace was like, that's like, that's like the carrot, celery and onion in Creole cooking. You know, it might know not be very flashy, but it's foundational you're talking about in every good Creole dish. They got a trifecta of celery, carrot and onion in that thing. Dude, you're from comes. Ohio. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm a man of the world. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a cuisinary visionary. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the benefits of doing the prologue like that, like whether you use dice or not, is you get then get to take this brand new character and the game master has a has a hand in shaping kind of the the experiences that have happened to your character to come to hopefully steer it into a direction that is more in tune with the or at least shows you what the campaign is going to be like um in a in an environment that isn't um you're generally not going to die during your prologue unless that is the story is your character gets killed and then you become a vampire or you get brought back to life or something and that's the story um you you have something that you you've made your character and then you have an interaction with with the game master in which you as a player don't have total control over the situation. And then you have to incorporate whatever happened into your internal story of who your character is. And I, I see it as a as a as a tool to help solidify who your character can be um, more than just a straight jacket of well i know i'm going to survive this i think is vampire the only game where that happens i don't think i've ever done that in any other system um in wraith we could have done um a prologue before we had um whatever i don't remember what the 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 event is whenever you gain your spirit or your geist Hmm. um but it might just be a world of darkness thing Hmm. changeling i know has like where you can play before you realize that you're a changeling werewolf has where you can play through your, um, where you first get told that you're a werewolf. That has all the appeal to me of playing a session as a zero level peasant picking potatoes before he finds a long sword. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I have my peasant picking fucking carrots, celery and onions to get that foundational <laughs> trifecta. <laughs>
I guess if you were doing a game where your character, this is more, this is more setting specific, but your character was joining a secret organization like the Men in Black, your character was uh, going to prison, any kind of like big transformational event that then causes capital T, capital G, the game to kick off, you could do, if you enjoy it, some kind of um, what your life was like before the event kind of session. You know what I think I would prefer? I would prefer the, the DM saying, hey, here's the sort of thing that I would like to do with this game. Here's how your character idea could plug into this. Here's, you know, one, two, three events that need to happen. Give me your story for how that happens. And then just write your backstory of I was here doing this and then this other shit happened and then I got arrested and then I wound up in prison and... Da, da 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 here I am. I think that's the way that I would prefer to do that kind of shit instead of having this ridiculous, strained, foregone conclusion mini-session that is not really like anything at, at stake. <laughs> you know? And and how many of your players do you think would give you that information? The good ones. Every <laughs> single one of the good ones. I like that as well, but uh, it is a bit more difficult to enforce that's the wrong verb but uh like you know clayton you did that with our um sigil uh planescape multiverse planescape jesus you did that with our planescape game and it was was cool uh i like that getting to write you know some guided things about my character before the session started yeah planescape would be another where i would do what where i would if we were playing and your characters were already they already had the dark of the cant I would want to do a, like some sort of a prologue where you, for instance, it's the narration of how your character became a member of whatever faction you're a part of. So something that I would say as a cautionary thing against or about doing a session zero would be like as a game master, make sure you're not just doing this big info dump. It's going to be incredibly boring to sit there for as a player for two hours while the game master drones on about their setting mm-hmm. um and it would need to be if you're going if you are going to be presenting a lot of information to the players it needs to be something that is prompting them to ask questions because the question if if you are able to prompt them like just tell them the highlights and if they are interested in something they will ask about it they'll ask for more detail about the whatever group um like if you're running an, an urban entry game, they might be uh, more interested in the group of proletariats who are uh, who run a local newspaper and are trying to uh, to overthrow the government. If the player starts asking questions about that, you know for a fact that one, you've got that area to flesh out more, and two, that's probably going to be something that the that the characters are going to interact with and is going to be a major part of the story. People are going to forget most of the shit you say, even if they are interested in it. Yeah. yeah. If they take notes, great. They're a great player. Don't make them take notes. Don't don't sit there and read something for two hours. <laughs> Did you get all that? <laughs> yeah, can you email that to me? No, it's in my secret notes document. It sucks. Yeah, sometimes an email would be better than having a session zero. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to have an info dump like that, like, you know, it, it's a it's a custom setting full of a lot of factions, whatever... Um, do email those things in an easy-to-read document, but you could also make that interactive somewhat, sort of um, a, like, 
I don't know, hand out some pre-made characters, play the game in session zero, where all of the people uh, in your game are uh, playing some random soldier in a group of people that gets, at the end of the session, killed by some extremely important event. And so you're like, there, you know, you lived through, or died, fighting, the important event that leads into the game. And also, now you know how combat works in this system. Congratulations. I think the focus in a session zero ought to be on what the players can do, rather than what they can't do, or mm-hmm. shouldn't do. It should always be in the the frame, I think, of, you know, here's the ways that you can plug in and do cool stuff and, you know, riff on these themes versus, like, here's the fence that I'm going to put you all in and you're going to play in the yard. And the help help me the build the fence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and depending on how much, um, depending on the setting, if it, especially if it's a homebrew, the game master can outsource at that point to the players, like, okay, I've, I've mentioned all these groups, You've said these these groups are interesting to you. Why don't you help me flesh that out? Why don't you help me by giving me some NPCs that your character knows who is a part of these groups and and why why they're in they're in it as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, something else we have talked about in other podcast episodes, but um, maybe it goes without saying that in a session zero, being able to know um, what. Uh, the, the themes or ideas or um, I, I don't know food allergies uh, are uh, like taboo or something that your group doesn't want to approach um, you know ranging from please don't put peppers on my pizza you know to I am deathly afraid of clowns yeah you can definitely go over all of the things that out of game you'll need to know um, especially if it's a new group you you mentioned allergies. You know who in the group is lactose intolerant and what types of food um, they are going to be eat. If they if anybody has any other food allergies, um, you get that out of the way so that everybody knows not to uh, either not to bring something if it's that severe of an allergy or to have other alternatives available. Because if if somebody can't eat the pizza that is being brought, you're being a shitty friend if you just bring pizza. So bring some something that everybody would be able to enjoy you hear that out there share your fucking pizza but not if it's got red peppers on it and like not just food but also like it's going to be a rough conversation but if a player in your group has certain things that they just cannot handle as as part of like their fun they don't want to include topics such as um like injury to children or sexual assault to have those types of conversations during the section, during the session zero to know, okay, this is, these are where some of the lines are in the campaign that, that we're going to be setting. Don't play vampire. <laughs> As a weird I, other side of that coin. Um, if you're going to be playing a horror game um, and everyone's cool with this, you could have a session where you all talk about what scares the shit out of you. And then just take notes, GM. Absolutely. <laughs> if you're out there and you're listening to this and you are like, why haven't they said this thing? Um, you can always contact us. You can always reach out. At alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. Yeah. Maybe, maybe let you on the show. Maybe. Wouldn't be the first time. 
So we, do we want to transition into geek things? I don't have any geek things. I haven't been doing anything fun of late. What do you guys have? Um, I've been watching a uh, documentary miniseries on Netflix called Unnatural Selection. It's about hobbyist genetic engineers that are taking these mail order like CRISPR kits and stuff and taking a little bit out of this thing and putting it into that thing, mixing things up and doing interesting stuff. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. It brings up a lot of huge questions. And really know what a gene drive meant until I watched this thing. And now I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, basically you put a, put a new set of genes into a thing that guarantees that the gene and the thing that perpetuates the gene is going to be passed on to all the offspring of the thing and then just toss it out in the wild. And then eventually you have edited the entire species of the thing. It's kind of amazing. They, uh, Trying to do that with a lot of mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, um, malaria is a big part of this uh, this documentary series. Um, there's also a lot of talk about the um, the pharmaceutical companies and you know how uh, how we might be able to help people with you know stuff concocted in a garage that's a tiny fraction of the cost of what big pharma is going to charge, and you know maybe it'll work or maybe the personal you know die from massive system rejection of whatever it is that you put in them but i don't know it's a interesting future we're walking into well let's take a step into the past then uh i'm reading a 1975 book by alan dean foster uh called midworld um see if this plot sounds familiar to anybody main character is part of a tribe of people living on a um, very dangerous, but very beautiful, um, essentially like planet wide jungle. Um, he has an animal companion that he is, uh, intrinsically like bonded to. Um, and his tribe is thrown into chaos when a group of, um, humans with spaceships and like brush clearing equipment, um, land and start to lay claim to the planet. It sounds like a sci-fi version of Dances with Wolves. <laughs> I was going to say Ferngully. Well, I was going to say Avatar. Um, <laughs> but hey, Avatar is not the most original thing in the world. We all knew that. I was just surprised at like how crazy similar this... It's a pretty short novel. Um, it's been okay so far. Uh, I was just really stunned at like how blatantly similar it was. Well, guys, what do you say we stop this bullshit and start rolling some dice? This has been a production of Alien Familiar Media. You can find past episodes and more at alienfamiliar.com. You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. This production is protected under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution, no derivatives license. Music for this episode is Suburban Outlaw by Forget the Whale and can be found at freemusicarchive.org.